What I liked about it and the advice that I'll give you is that you don't have to have one single answer. It's not, it's not like I'm saying I need you to niche in a thing. I'm saying you need to have a way to make yourself sound different when you introduce yourself to someone or when you meet someone or when you talk to someone. That thing that makes you different can change every single time you talk to someone. Welcome to Gentle Frog's Bookkeeping Lilypad, your cozy corner of the podcasting world, where numbers tell a story and bookkeeping blossoms into an adventure. My name is Rachel Barnett, and I'm glad you're here. This podcast is for bookkeepers who enjoy authentic, unfiltered, and always encouraging friend to talk shop with. We will be discussing what it's like to own and operate a small bookkeeping business. Hello and welcome to Gentle Frog's Bookkeeping Lilypad. This is episode two. And in this episode, I want to start to have a conversation with you about how to market yourself. I want to come at this from my own experience rather than a bunch of you shoulds. I've been self-employed as a bookkeeper since 2012. In that time, I have done and tried a lot of things. Some of these, you'll listen to it and think, my goodness, I would never do that. Other things, you'll listen to it and think, yeah, you know what? That does sound pretty interesting or I hadn't considered that. My goal is not to tell you what to do because I don't know what's going to work for you. My goal is just to let you know about some of the things that I've done, share with you some laughs and some cringing moments. I need to go back to the beginning and talk to you about how my business started. My first business was called Primarily Bookkeeping, DBA, your bookkeeping fairy godmother. I never intended to start a business. What I was looking for was something to fill the gap between jobs. I just had a couple of months that I needed to do something. I didn't want to commit to someone's office and then leave. So I posted to Nat on Craigslist. It was in one of those gigs offered or similar uh, channels. And I said, hey, look, I know bookkeeping. If you've not done your bookkeeping, I can get it caught up for you. And then I can scram. I don't want to be a long-term person. You don't need a long-term person. I was hired by one of the best clients that I've ever worked with. It was a meat and seafood distributor. I would go to their office located inside of a meat packing plant. I would do the bookkeeping and other office stuff. Basically, I was grateful to be there and they needed the help. So I didn't say no. And they said, could you? And I said, sure. The job I had lined up for April ended up falling through. And so I, I let the client know. I said, hey, look, I'm available to stay longer if you need more help with all these random office things. Otherwise, like, I'm totally good to leave, you know, as planned. The client said, no, 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 this is great. I'd love to have you stay on. And I stayed there for a couple of years. During that time, the client referred me to his friends. So my first attempt at marketing was posting a Craigslist ad and going on terrifying coffee meetings. Terrifying because 12 years ago, I would have done anything to avoid meeting with people. I really liked working behind the scenes with my headphones on and not selling myself in front of strangers. After getting the first client, I really didn't market myself. So he did some marketing for me in the way of referral. So I got direct referrals from him where he would refer me out to other people. I also got referrals just through interaction. When I would work with this company, I managed the AR and the AP, which meant that I would work with other small businesses and their AR and AP department. That resulted in other people saying, oh, you're nice. You know the industry. Do you have capacity to help me with some stuff? 
So it kind of turned into, okay, here's some more clients, like some direct referrals and some people who like me from interacting with me. I don't know how much that's likely to happen now. Or for those of you listening, I think what is likely to happen is you're definitely likely and should be asking your existing clients for referrals. Everyone listening who has a small business has a friend who also has a small business. These are people that you talk shop with. These are people that you recommend resources, apps, humans, businesses. There's no reason you couldn't be on someone else's recommendation list. Another thing that I did was that I joined my city chamber of commerce. This resulted in a ton of meet and greets. In my experience, these meet and greets tended to be a lot of meetings with financial advisors and people who really wanted to tell me the rule of seven. If you've not done much networking, maybe look up the rule of seven. This, this is going to be, in my opinion, a thing you'll hear a lot about. At this point, I have given up all hopes of getting a proper job. I like the independence and autonomy of being self-employed. And I've decided I'm going to go market myself a little bit more. I'm over 40. So I grew up thinking and knowing that every business just joined the Chamber of Commerce. That was the thing you did. And so I went and I joined my city Chamber of Commerce. This results in a ton of painful meet and greets, a lot of financial advisors and a lot of people who said, oh, you're a bookkeeper. You work with a lot of businesses. Please take my card and introduce me to all of your clients. And I was like, well, I didn't want this conversation in the first place. I just felt like I should go talk to people. And now we're not even talking human to human. You're just looking at me as an opportunity to get to know my clients. And of course, I'm not just going to like send you my client list. So that kind of sucked. It is entirely possible that other people who are more outgoing or other chambers will have a better or different experience. My experience was just that it felt kind of one-sided. It felt like people wanted to tell me how great they were and really wanted to listen to me just for the purpose of gaining access to my clients. So I didn't renew that membership. I have a friend, Anne, who lives in Knoxville, Tennessee. She hasn't joined her Chamber of Commerce, and I don't know if she will. But when we were talking the other day about Chamber of Commerce, she said her Chamber of Commerce is way different that it's very community focused. They do a lot of work for businesses and for the community. And so with that, I'm like, oh, this is really good. Now, not all chambers are bad. I also joined and was a member of my LGBT chamber for many years. The chamber itself wasn't of huge value to me. I'm very quiet. I'm very introverted. I really prefer not to go to events with large groups of people. What I did do and what I'm really glad that I did was participate in a hyper local group. This group was a really supportive and really kind group. I had a small group of people that I could talk to that didn't know bookkeeping because they had their own industries, but that they were willing to sit there with me when I was too terrified to say more than my name. They would celebrate when I would speak loud enough that you could hear me from one end of the table to the other end of the table. What I got from that group was confidence and friendship. What I recommend is not necessarily joining your local LGBT chamber. Like if that's a good fit for you, fantastic. What I would instead recommend is that you join small groups, not small, aggressive, share your leads, make sure you promote your buddy kind of group, but join a small group of business owners that are there to support each other, that are there to talk about 
just the various aspects of owning and operating a business. Having a small group of people means that you have a sounding board and you have a cheerleading squad, people who are genuinely interested in seeing you succeed and for you to see them succeed. Even if this doesn't result in leads, what you gain in perspective and confidence is going to be huge. If you're amazing at marketing, you probably don't need these tips. If you're struggling, shy, quiet, introverted, maybe some of these tips will be really helpful for you. By far, the best thing that I've done, and I preach this and I mention it early and often, is to get to know other bookkeeping business owners as both bookkeepers, but also as humans. I joined a Seattle-based meetup group for bookkeepers. This group combined with the tiny chamber is the reason that I can talk to people today. When I joined the group, I went to events. There would be happy hours and coffees and we'd go around the room and who are you and what do you do and, and what's your niche? Like what makes you different? We're all bookkeepers here. And I would say, well, my name is Rachel and I have this business and I work with tiny businesses. And they would be like, well, of course you do. And so does everyone else. What else can you tell us? I have found that this group pushed me to be clear about what it is that I do and can do. What I liked about it and the advice that I'll give you is that you don't have to have one single answer. It's not, it's not like I'm saying I need you to niche in a thing. I'm saying you need to have a way to make yourself sound different when you introduce yourself to someone or when you meet someone or when you talk to someone. That thing that makes you different can change every single time you talk to someone. The group as a whole would fluctuate in size between 60 to 100 people. I've been a part of it for about 10 years. And even though I live in Canada now, I am still very much a part of it. I'm looking at flying back for different events that take place in Seattle. I participate in the Slack group. I participate in some of the Zoom calls. It's really, really nice to have a group of bookkeepers that get together on a regular basis to talk shop eat bacon, drink beer, and just be there for each other. I eventually evolved from attending a monthly meetup where I would shyly say my name and never speak again for the rest of the time I was there to hosting a meetup. I eventually moved it from a happy hour meetup to a breakfast meetup. We went to a hotel. The restaurant was totally fine with 10 of us just rolling in and sitting there for two hours. It was fantastic. Through this, I got to know other people. Because I got to know other people, I then got to be a person who referred people to people and who introduced people to people. If you're a person who likes this thing, who wants to know more about the thing, or you're a person with these quirks or characteristics or passions, I could introduce you to somebody else that was similar to that. It's important to me that people get to know each other. The level that people get to know each other is entirely up to them. But even before the pandemic, when working a bookkeeping firm, you're working by yourself in your own space. Maybe you have a co-working space. Maybe you're working from your house. It's kind of lonely. So I make a point then and continue to make a point now to introduce people to people so you feel less lonely. It's not so much about the marketing, although the marketing, the referrals do happen. It's about having camaraderie and people to bounce ideas off. And often those ideas are Man, how are you marketing yourself? I'm having real difficulty with X, Y, and Z. So looping it back. I've said a lot about how much I like this group. I like the group because I met people that I had stuff in common with. It helped me grow. I learned things because I had people I could bounce ideas off. I made friends. In fact, I made friends that I'm so close with that there are four of us that have matching flower tattoos. 
we had a list of flowers that each of us liked and the tattoo artist combined all four of the flowers into one tattoo. This is not a small tattoo, mind you. That's about 12 inches high. Meeting and making friends with a group of bookkeepers who I would never have known otherwise has been amazing. If you want to go back to the marketing side of this, without even thinking about it, without any hesitation, I've easily made over $100,000 just from the referrals within the group. I don't have any idea how much money I've sent out. I don't care. It's not BNI. I'm not tracking it. All I'm doing is saying I benefited from getting to know people. I benefited through friendship, through growth in my business, through personal growth. And then, of course, through the leads and the marketing and and all that stuff that snowballed. Let's talk more about some of the things that I have done and things that I've done that have been easier for me or safe spaces for me. So I, I would go to these networking events because I felt like it was the thing you had to do. Like you're supposed to go to networking events. Now in real life, at this point for me, I no longer feel like you're supposed to or that you have to or that you should or you're obligated to go to networking. But Rachel of eight and 10 years ago, totally thought that was a thing. So what I would do is I would commit to myself that I would go for at least 30 minutes. I would have much preferred to go to any networking event for five minutes, make one little lap around the room and then leave. I had a very hard time saying what I did and saying anything after that. So my solution was to have branded shirts. I'm a very casual person. So instead of having a nice polo shirt with my logo or business name on the kind of the corner, I would get t-shirts printed with giant, giant logos that would cover the whole chest. My logic behind that was that if anybody wanted to know what I did, they could just read my t-shirt. And then if they wanted to talk to me, I didn't have to mumble, I'm Rachel and I'm a bookkeeper. I feel like this worked out for me because it, it gave me permission to go to the events. It gave me permission to not feel bad when I couldn't say what I did. Not that I didn't know how, just that I actually have no voice when I go to networking events. This was my safety net, my teddy bear, my security blanket. I also liked it because it told the world that I was casual. I have had people, and one woman in particular, let me know that I was not the right fit for her because I didn't dress appropriately. Apparently, I was to always wear slacks and always dress a certain level of professional. I was unaware that my attire contributed or had any link to my QuickBooks skills, but apparently it did. So my t-shirts were great. They were a pre-screening tool. This was a way for people to say, that's not the person I want to work with. And it saved me a lot of awkward conversations. When I started, my discovery calls were very, very awkward. If you think I can't say my name in a networking group, watch me try to ask you anything about your business. I would try to get you off the phone as soon as possible and then just send you a questionnaire via email. Like I could do the work. I just couldn't talk to you. So yeah, I've come a long way since then. This episode got kind of long. So what I thought I would do is go ahead and split it into two. I got very excited and very animated. The edited version ends up being 35 to 40 minutes. And so what we decided to do was break into two episodes. The first episode that you've just listened to is all about marketing yourself and networking and just getting to know different ways to get out there. 
in the second episode, I'm going to talk about my journey, some stuff that I have done that have worked and some stuff that I've done that has not worked. I really hope you find value in this. And really, if I can talk for an hour while creating a new podcast and being nervous about it, imagine what I could do later. If this sort of thing is interesting to you, please don't hesitate to let me know. I would be more than happy to cover more topics. I would be happy to load up Google results. If this sort of thing is interesting to you, I would be more than happy to do another episode on marketing. I would also be happy to bring anybody on. I would also be happy to bring on guest speakers. I think that it's important that we talk about ways to market ourselves that doesn't include a big budget. Something that doesn't include, oh, I hired this person or I spent $10 million on Google ads. I want to have real talk for the people that don't have that kind of money or choose not to spend that kind of money. So again, I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and I hope you enjoy the next one as well. Thank you so much and have a great day. 